ahead and um, I'll go ahead and get started. Thank you so much, Saeed. Sure. Again, I'm sure. saying I'm saying it correct, Saeed. Yes, Saeed. Yeah. Cool. Wonderful. Okay, great. All right. Well, welcome to Water Talks. I have my friend Saeed with me today. We met at um, at MIT uh, a few weeks ago at their water summit. We were asked to be a part of that and participate. We had a wonderful time at it. That's where I got to meet you. And uh, Saeed has an extensive background, one of which is he is a voting member at the United Nations. So Saeed, it's wonderful to have you with us. I appreciate your time. And uh, why don't you tell, just tell us a little bit about, about your background and, and how uh, you and I came to meet at the MIT Water Summit. Yeah, um, thank you very much, uh, Doctor. I have uh, my bachelor's in microbiology at the University of Valori, and I also proceed to uh, for my master program at UNESCO IHE in the Netherlands, uh, IHE DEPT Institute for Water Education, and it is um, acclaimed the largest water uh, education facility in the world. And of course, I've worked as a consultant in different forums and uh, in different countries as well across the development, humanitarian and emergency uh, uh, contests. And of course, I've also, um, I've also traveled around so many places. And uh, also as well, I've been to so many forums where I've presented, uh, be a guest speaker, like the Sustainability Summit in 2019 at the Abu Dhabi uh, Energy Water Summit. And uh, at the MIT too, I participated because I wanted to share my knowledge, also be able to learn new things for people. And that was why I actually participated. <laughs> I love that. I went to learn as well, and I sure did a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the presenters were absolutely wonderful. And I took so many notes and I had such a wonderful time. I can't wait to participate again next year. And so first question I like to ask Saeed is um, when you're, where is home these days? And when you're home, what's your favorite meal? What do you like to eat? Yeah, actually I like to eat rice. <laughs> That's my favorite meal, um, because actually in um, Africa, where I come from, rice is something that is very common. And um, you find like a very delicacy that everybody likes. It's very easy to prepare and you just <laughs> go ahead with it and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I love that. Um, so part of uh, part of being a learner and Part of keeping life interesting is staying curious about things and there's no right or wrong answer to this but what are you curious about what are you interested in these days right now in your life yeah for me um i'm actually very much curious about water itself uh, that's one big thing um apart from the fact that it is within my specialization i'm also very much curious about the dynamics of I mean, with which uh, water has intercepted with food, it is intercepted with energy development because it cut across every quarter. Almost now, we have um, a development in terms of uh, water used, water being used as a kind of currency um, around the world now, and it has also been enlisted on the stock exchange market, U.S. Uh, stock exchange market, as a currency, uh, which of course people are now working towards 
um, the Lagos status, the policy directions of how it's going to be. Because now uh, we have so many countries not trying to grow some crops in their country because of the high consumption of water that is required for the crop. And of course, they try to grow it in another country and import it back to their own country. So um, it's kind of things that is growingly weird. And also the disaster issue around um, transboundary water cooperation, where we have a lot of countries fighting over water, was especially at the Nile Basin. So it's something that is actually very much fascinating to me. And uh, yeah, I get surprised by it every now and then. Yeah, you're right. There are very, very few people that have your level of understanding as far as water. People ask, is water a commodity? And uh, it already is. <laughs> yeah. not, ev not everyone's aware of that, but of course it already is a commodity uh, to some. And there actually are some some schools of, of people who believe that it's a fundamental human right. And we're right now in the middle of a conversation trying to find out the balance between uh, it being a fundamental human right and then uh, the price point of that. How do you put how do you make a fundamental human right a currency and have a, a price point to it? So that's sort of an ongoing uh, philosophical discussion uh, that. Um, that uh, many people are are sort of are sort of working on, and uh, it's fascinating that you that you bring up the conflicts that are already happening around the world that are water based. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, concerning the conflicts, uh, I think is very much historic. Um, we have at the domestic level, we have at the national level, we have at the international level. At the domestic level, usually at the water points, everybody wants to have access to water. And of course, we know that there's a lot of uh, process that involves in the treatment of water. So a lot of money, financial capacity goes into it and population is growing. So there's competition at the water points of who gets water and how to use the water itself in so many countries, coupled with the fact that there's climate change. So at the water point domestically, there's conflicts and it has been over the years not every uh, community have access to safe water infrastructure that can generate quality and safe water for them. So this has been a competition for long and it has been crisis inherent. At the national level, there are so many regions that do not have access to water. Government is using water as a means of politics where they decide to give some section uh, water infrastructure where they will be able to have access to sufficient water and some other section uh, not quite having access to water and um, people come from that region and say oh we want uh, access to water as one of the key priority political campaign uh, points and through that they've kind of using it as a political tool which it happens in Africa and some other parts of the world. At the international level management of water has become a very big problem as well. Uganda wanted uh, to create dams and ensure that they maximize the amount of water that passed through um, uh, their territory. And also Sudan too wants to do that. Egypt too wants to do likewise. And over the years, they've signed treaties, which of course they've also defaults on that treaties. And so there's conflicts at different levels of, um, of governance at the domestic level, at the national level and at the international level. So 
conflict every time. So we talk about peace most of the time and cooperation when it comes to water management. Yeah, thank you for speaking to that. There are very few people that have uh, knowledge or understanding of the conflicts that are already happening in this, in parts of the world that have to do with water as a resource. In fact, a very good friend of mine who is sitting next to me right now, my friend Mark, say hi. Yeah. Oh, Mike, how are you? Yeah. Hi, good. Good to see you. Mark and Max. Nice to see you. Yeah. Um, And we made a a video in El Salvador five years ago. Uh, We have been doing a, uh, we have built our own small scale decentralized desalinization system in El Salvador that's, we've worked very hard on to service uh, to service 38 families. And that video, the, the video that we made five years ago, we opened up with uh, a line in it that talked about many of the conflicts that will happen in the future will be will be happening over water and it's much of what you much of what you just described that's I appreciate you being able to educate people about that being able to share the knowledge of that you know part of changing public opinion is helping people to think differently about problems yeah so I, I just want to say thank you it's very very hard Part of what part of what we do is and part of what you do, what you're very good at is helping people to think differently about uh, how to solve problems. Do you find that challenging? (laughs) Yeah, um, I do find it challenging because uh, with the impact of new dynamism in terms of cultural inclinations, in terms of infrastructure, there's a need for continual change. For instance, in the construction of bow, people were used to use the iron rod. And later on, there was an advanced knowledge that says contamination from the pharaohs is actually a, causes a lot of side effects in humans. And we advanced towards using stainless steel as one of the components of um, construction of a, of a pipe of water. So I felt that there's a need for changing as we have to advance knowledge, there's always need for changing. And take for instance, also very general, the lead, um, lead produced gas, which of course, people later discovered that lead was a very huge contaminant when it comes to gas. And it caused a lot of side effects in human. And it was that, oh, we need a lead uh, regulated gas to be using cars. So also we have in terms of um, water management, where to place the water itself, how to, uh, how to supply the water itself, whether um, by rationing of the water itself, depending on the available water. So we have all those things embedded in water management. As knowledge grows, which of course we continue to study situations, we continue to study contests, things need to get improved and we need so that we'll be able to achieve our target and also provide our beneficiary with sufficient uh, adequate amount of water, which is now characterized as a human right. Wow. I'm taking notes as you're speaking. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Um, I want to I want to switch gears uh, a little bit, and I like to talk about. I have a lot of uh, younger people that watch uh, these conversations, and so one of the things that I like to uh, one of the questions that I like to ask is to everyone that's on is what is something that you have failed at in the last twelve months that you would like to talk about? <laughs> and the reason why I ask that question is because part of being a leader is being self-aware and being self-aware has to do with thinking back on mistakes we've made and how we might do things differently. So 
is there anything uh, in the last year that uh, that you wish you'd done differently? <laughs> yeah, I felt um, one of the things I would have loved to do differently is um, uh, I would say uh, reducing the amount of my carbon footprints. I think that would be one of the things I would have loved to do more less frequently. Um, I found out that um, climate change is also a problem of water management because uh, we could see the impact it's having in terms of um, change in the atmospheric conditions, which is also changing the hydrolo hydro hydrological conditions of water, and which of course is characterized as a result of us putting more greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. I wish I'm able to compete compute my um, carbon footprint that I know the amount of uh, uh, greenhouse gases I'm contributing to the atmosphere. Maybe I would have taken more routes, like use more short distances, more <laughs> shortcuts, roads, and help in stopping uh, the impact of climate change on water management and water like, resources. Like, uh, well. like riding a... Like a bicycle. A, bicycles and motorcycles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Instead of driving cars, as always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think those, those are the things. That, those are the things I feel I should have done differently. But um, that actually goes back to us also having sufficient knowledge to empower people to be able to compute their carbon footprints, which will help in mitigations of climate change impacts, which is unprecedented as of now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I share your sentiments. Um, so I mentioned to you that we, part of the work that I do is, uh, revolves around, um, decentralized desalinization. And can you, um, can you share a little bit about that? What do, what do you think about those ideas? And do you, um, and do you have any advice for me? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think on, uh, decentralized and, um, decentralized, uh, desalination, I think it's something that is awesome because we are moving towards those trends. A lot of countries now are in water crisis. I could share, I was uh, opportunity to go to Spain at one point in time to conduct a research with, with colleagues. And uh, in Granada specifically, they had a water stress situation. The farmers do not have access to sufficient water and um, and also the other sectors competing for water, the municipality and stuff like that. And they had to like revert back to the use of desalination plants, which of course, it was very important for them. One, it replenishes the groundwater using the desaline water and also acts as an alternative to water. Though it is quite expensive, but it's something that is that actually give them leverage. So I felt that so many countries that are actually experiencing water stress situation and some community that are very close to the ocean and not necessarily having access to fresh water reservoir. I think one of the things they could actually about is decentralized desalination. And we just need to make it more cheaper as much as possible so that people can be able to afford the amount of water that comes out of the, sun, uh, the saline plant. So I felt that the advice will be on affordability in terms of administrative costs. New um, technologies have been improved and uh, in terms of machine learning, um, 
integrated into water production uh, systems, which of course make it more sharper and much more um, easy to be able to produce, uh, to run the operations without much interference. So I feel that it's something that is important, decentralized sanitation and desalination is very important. It's something that is on the long run, we're all going to revert to it, either one way or the other. I could see the case in uh, in Qatar, the case in Abu Dhabi, the most especially in UAE, they actually invested in desalination plant a lot, and that has actually helped the system. And of course, I think uh, it's somewhere to go to go by word. So every country needs to have uh, information, comprehensive information about desalination because that's that is a very good option to explore. Well, thank you for the encouragement. As you know, with anything that is worth doing, it is a it is a lot of work. It takes a hundred percent dedication, but it means a lot to me to hear the encouragement from you. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, I have absolutely uh, enjoyed having a conversation with you. I I certainly um, hope that we're able to do this again and do it more frequently. You have a, a lot to say and a lot more to say. So sure. um, one of the things that I like to do as I conclude these um, these water talks, I like to keep them in, in 20 minute segments. So again, thank you for your time. But what are some, what are some last thoughts that, that we need to hear from Saheed today? What are some, what are some last things that you would like to share? I think uh, one of the things I would like to share is we need to collectively improve on the water literacy of people uh, because that is very important and people need to be aware that water is scarce. It might be available in a vast amount of quantity for us to use, but it's still scarce because it is not evenly distributed everywhere in the world. There's some that to get 10 liters of water is as hard as anything else. So we need to be well informed about domestic uh, management of water, uh, industrial management of water, which of course is very good. And this surrounds into water literacy. Water literacy needs to be taken very seriously with people. Mm -hmm. And people need to know that keeping the, the little amount of water for a productive means is very important in sustainability of our water resources. Okay, last thing, Saheed, have you uh, have you ever been to California? Uh, currently, I'm in Arisburg, so I hopefully uh, I wish to go to California one day. You're in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, yes. Ah, okay. Well, if, if you come to California, can you uh, message me because I'd like to have lunch with you. I'll buy you lunch. Oh, great, great. I'll be very, very much. It'll be my pleasure. Whenever okay. I'm in California, I will try as much as possible to uh, to give you a call. I will try to get your contact. Maybe you could send it to me via LinkedIn, then I'll do that. And by the way, I only contributed to the Quadrennial Policy Review of the United Nations. I got the training from Unitra and also make some contributions. And yeah, I think uh, that's I'm not really a voting member at the UN. <laughs> oh, yeah, got it. Thank you, brother. Welcome. Well, Saeed, I appreciate your time and uh, have a beautiful day. And I hope to look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much, my friend Saeed. Sure. Thank you, brother. Sure. Thank you very much. Sir. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. -bye. Bye.